Hello, my friends. What is up? This is DJ Soto. I'm one of the pastors at Virtual Reality Church, and you're listening to The Future of the Church is the Metaverse. Welcome back. It's so good to be with everyone today. This is episode two of season one of the Future of the Church is the Metaverse podcast by VR MMO Church. And today's episode is with Pastor Zach. He's one of the elders of VR MMO Church. So we're going to hear from him and his story, how he got connected with VR Church and you know what he thought and, and the journey. He's on the teaching team and helps us with teaching. And so we're so glad to have him. What's up, Zach? Good to see you. How are you doing today? Uh, good to see you. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's finally cooling off a little bit in Alabama. Maybe a little bit too cold, too quick, but uh, <laughs> doing well. All right, Alab from Alabama. We go to uh, the Europe to introduce our co-host, uh, Coldest from Spain, Alice from the UK. What's up, Coldest? What's up, Alice? Coldest, how you doing today, but my friend? Hello, everybody. Doing great. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. And Alice, what's good? It's- it's good. What's, what's good? That's such an American phrase. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. <laughs> what do they say in the UK? How are you? How are you? How what's are up? You? What's like if you're brilliant. dancing, say what's up? Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Bloody it's funny, brilliant. Uh, when we get interviewed by the British press, I love talking with them, side trail, because they respond with brilliant, brilliant Pastor Soto. It's brilliant. But I think it just means like cool, like here in the US. Or that's yeah. really neat. <laughs> and we don't use the word brilliant as much. But uh, it's, a, that, it's like it can be good or it can be sarcastic. Oh, it can be like like a uh, sarcastic comment. Yes. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. And thank you to our diamond sponsor, Digivangelism. If you find your faith community's online presence too confusing and time consuming to manage alone, look no further than Digivangelism. Digi helps progressive leaders of spiritual communities share hope, healing, and light online through digital ministry consulting, website building, and education. They also have a new digital ministry training hub where you can access exclusive workshops, screen share walkthroughs of various online platforms, their entire digital communications review course, and space to ask experts questions for future videos. Visit digivangelism.org for a $7 all-access trial of the training hub and see how Digi can help you better share hope, healing, and light online. Our next diamond sponsor is churchblock.io. The pandemic has catapulted the church into forward-thinking ministry. Ten years ago, churches were pondering whether they should have a YouTube page. Now, just about every church on the planet is live-streaming via YouTube. The church is once again at the precipice of a new technological wave called blockchain. Blockchain is the underlying technology for Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all the other forms of digital currency. Millennials and Gen Z are adopting blockchain tech for everyday life, from investing, buying real estate, and even receiving payments for services. According to a report by The Morning Consult, 57% of all crypto adopters are millennials and 13% are Gen Z. In light of these questions, churchblock.io was created to provide answers. Churchblock is a customized solution for ministry leaders seeking answers and opportunities in this paradigm shift. Email info at churchblock.io for a free consultation or visit us at churchblock.io to learn more. 
Welcome back. Episode two, season one of the Future of the Church is the Metaverse podcast. Pastor Zach is our guest today, and we're going to hear his story in just a second. But I want to take a moment, guys, and talk about um, virtual reality hardware, because we're talking about Metaverse, Web3, all these things that we can experience. And sure, you can download a 2D version of these platforms that we're on, these social VR platforms like Altspace, VR Chat, Rec Room, and use it in 2D. But man, the metaverse is meant to be experienced through virtual reality hardware. And um, I'd like to talk about that. What, do you, what are some of the VR headsets that you guys use? Um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and start it out real quick. I started out with the Oculus Rift back in 2016. It is actually pretty strong um, hardware right out of the gate. I mean, you had sensors. It didn't have motion tracking at first as far as like hand controls, but really strong, really cool. Um, the... Uh, uh, What's the one from, not Valve, but HTC Vive had one. I had that for a little bit, and that was kind of cool as well. And then we got into the Quest, the standalones, and that's super interesting. But um, Coldest, Alice, and Zach will go in that order. What headset do you use? And I'll talk about some other VR recommendations at the end. But Coldest, what VR headset are you rocking these days? Yeah, I only have, I only tried the, the Quest 2. Well, I remember I actually got to try one day the the old Oculus, but uh, it was just a, a test, like a half an hour. It was fun, but uh, I didn't really get into it, honestly. And nowadays, yeah, I rock the, the Quest 2, and, you know, it's pretty fun. I know it's not the, the best in the market, maybe, but it is it is more than enough. Yeah, and, and right off the bat, I just wanted to let viewers know, because... We have been in the metaverse for a long time. We've been in these social VR platforms. We are we know about the hardware, even if we don't have a particular one. We just have a general sense of what's out there. But there might be viewers who have no idea where to start. And so, uh, Coldest just talked about the Quest Two, and at the date of this publishing this podcast, that's the recommendation that I give people: is the Quest Two really is the best for the money. There's quote unquote better hardware but it's going to be more expensive and there's some other limitations. But the Quest 2 is standalone, which means it doesn't have to connect to your computer like it used to. Like back when I got the the Oculus Rift, you had to have a powerful computer, you had to have a cable connect to it. But nowadays with the Quest 2, you could just use it without a computer. So that's a significant shift with uh, VR. And uh, just full dis- full disclosure, is that uh, Meta has given us sponsorship dollars in the past, not for this podcast, but in the past for other things. And so, but even before those sponsorship dollars came, um, I always recommended MetaQuest 2 as the best headset. Um, and that's the one that I use. Um, Alice, what do you rock in um, VR headset-wise? So I also have a Quest 2. Um, I got it because it was the best value at the time for the most. And I didn't have a computer that would be capable of PC VR, so the standalone option was any good. But now I use it for PC VR, so you can use yeah. virtual desktop as well. Yeah, I love that. And so Alice mentioned standalone. So, um, but with the the brilliant thing about the Quest Two is that it can be connected to your computer for more high resolution experiences. Um, you think of like Half Life Alex um, that's out there that needs a powerful VR hardware so your quest 2 can connect to your computer and use the power of the computer to display high-end pc vr experiences like half-life alex um but zach what, what are you rocking i, I have a feeling we're going to be like 100 percent on this vr um experience but maybe tell us what you started out with and what you're using now 
Yeah, well, I started out with Google Cardboard. Um, that was that was my first. You know, you you get you could take pretty much any phone and slap Google Cardboard on it and get a little bit of a, an experience there, right? Uh, and that kind of just wet my appetite for more. Uh, so then I eventually got the you know the OG Rift, you know, the one with the sensors that you had to mount on your walls and all that kind of stuff. Um, and now I'm rocking the the Quest Two. Um, and, uh, the big breakthrough for me with the quest too, I mean, now you got Airlink, which is okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah. the real breakthrough for me was I've been using virtual desktop to do this kind of the same stuff that Airlink does, you know, with a little bit more, um, customization actually. And that really made the quest two for me, uh, like, like that was really mind blowing to be able to, to play my games wirelessly with almost no lag, uh, and have the same performance that's in my computer. Um, so yeah. Yeah, definitely jot that down. Virtual desktop. That's something to keep in mind as you try to connect your computer. Air, AirLink is good and virtual desktop is really good. Um, so you Google Cardboard. Yeah, Alice was mentioning that in episode one. Uh, and I remember having a Gear VR. That was um, you know, really interesting. And I thought actually pretty decent. Uh, very limited, obviously. But you know, like you said, it, it uh, gave you an appetite for something more. Well, I remember when I first uh, started coming to VR Church. I think a lot of our folks were using like that Samsung, like the Gear VR stuff. Because oh, I remember, point. I remember AltSpace was having like some issues with the controls and stuff like that. Whenever a new update would come out, and folks were struggling, and there wasn't a lot. It was a lot more Wild West than it is now. Now there's like some common APIs that they can use at least. But back then, um, there was there was uh, some differences. Yeah, and then from the from the cardboard, you went to the Rift. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And what did you think of the Rift at the time? Um, it was awesome. It was just, just kind of mind-blowing. Um, it, it was still... I think I think the thing that really was mind-blowing for me, actually, to be fair, was when Half-Life Alex came out. Oh, because yeah, yeah. before Half-Life Alex, most of VR experiences that existed were still sort of in that gimmicky phase. Right. Um, everything just super blocky and fun and interesting, right. but just kind of uh, figuring out the technology. And then Half-Life Alex really made me go, oh, my gosh, uh, like this is this is I didn't even know that my headset was capable of, of this, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that was that was uh, that was my really mind blowing experience. But my OG riff was great. It was still fun, but it still felt sort of gimmicky to me until yeah. Half-Life Alex. Yeah, I think you're right, because there was moments of brilliance in games, right? Triple-A moments, but never really a triple-A game, per se. There was some really good ones, really close to triple-A. Uh, but right, when Half-Life, Half-Life Alex came out, that really changed the game, I think. And my son thinks it's the best VR experience to date, Half-Life Alex, and I still need to finish it. <laughs> it's on my bucket list. Uh, so from the, from the Rift, you went to the Quest 2, right? Is that what you're using now? Uh, yeah, now I've got the Quest 2. Um, I, I still, sometimes I'll still plug it in depending on what I'm going to be doing so that the, the battery stays up. Um, so I'll use the, the cable link, um, but I almost never use air link. If I'm going to use it wirelessly, I'm using virtual desktop. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. So it looks like all of us are using the MetaQuest 2. That's the recommendation we make. If someone's out there doing, I just need a simple answer. What VR do I go get? Um, I would recommend the Quest 2. There's other ones, by the way. Um, you know, Windows-based uh, mixed reality. Um, well, I guess I don't know if mixed reality is the best way to, to describe it, but with Windows-based uh, VR, and there's the Pico that just came out. I don't know really much about it, so I don't know that I could recommend it. Um, it probably needs a little 
little bit of time to uh, work itself out. But the one that the, because we did a poll on our Discord and we said, hey, what VR headsets to use? Most people said MetaQuest 2, but the other one is the Valve Index. And that one, I've, I've never tried, but I've heard, and Pastor Bismick has one and just always raves about it. Um, it from what I understand, it is the best technically VR experience. Now, a couple of problems with that. Someone might say, well, why don't you recommend the Valve Index if it's the best? Well, it's like double, triple the price of a MetaQuest 2. I think you can get a MetaQuest 2 for $399. And the Valve starts at nine ninety nine, right? So a thousand bucks for the Valve Index. Um, definitely m- much more expensive. You need spent sensors that aren't as easy to set up um, like the Rift would be. You might have to put them on the wall or stands, and then it's wired to your computer. There's no portability. So I feel like the MetaQuest Two is a better proposition and. Uh, just as functional. Sure, you're missing out on a, a few things that really sets the index um, maybe a step above, but also it balances out with the port- portability with AirLink, with a virtual desktop, and with linking it uh, with, a, with a cable as well. So um, anybody have uh, you know, experience with the Valve Index? Do you guys know much about that? Um, Pastor Bismick loves it. We'll have, a, we'll have him on here for an episode, but... What about you guys? No, I've never used it. I went from Google Cardboard to the Oculus Go to the Quest 2. So nice. I've never. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, that's just a little taste, a little, little side trail topic there about VR headsets. And it's going to be fascinating to see where it goes in the future because it's getting cheaper, smaller, faster, better. Like the diffusion of innovation is evolving to the point where I wonder if one day it's going to be, you know, just a pair of glasses that you put on. Um, but that day is not here yet. Still a little bit of an adoption curve. It's interesting that VR, I don't feel like is an addictive technology to the degree of like after an hour of use, you're like, Oof, let me take this VR headset off and take a break. So um, at, at this life cycle, at this age of VR, doesn't tend to be like a, an addictive technology to me. Uh, but that's a whole other thing we can talk about uh, later. The metaverse, uh, addictiveness, and technology and all that. I got some thoughts on that, perhaps in a future podcast. Uh, but let's take a quick sponsor break. Thank you to our church sponsor, churchblock.io, who is providing blockchain solutions for the church. Visit churchblock.io to learn more. Also, a digivangelism. Digi helps progressive leaders of spiritual communities share hope, healing, and light online through digital ministry consulting, website building, and education. And thank you to our Diamond sponsors for sponsoring our podcast. So let's jump into the heart of the matter. We got Pastor Zach with us. He is from Alabama. He's one of the pastors at VR MMO Church. He's on the teaching team. He helps teach uh, once a month on a Sunday, but he is also on the elder team. And so what people might not realize is that we we have two elder boards. There's a governing board that's outside of VR. If you go to our website, you can go to governing board. And they oversee the church as far as finances, accountability, and encouragement, and perhaps fundraising. And then there's an internal board um, inside VR. They, they're not necessarily overseeing the day-to-day of the church, but like major issues that, that come up, vision, the direction where the church is going, um, all those things the elder board, elder board tends to get involved in. 
and set direction and culture and encouragement and all those things. And Zach's on that board right now. And so, uh, but we want to dive into Zach's story. Uh, Zach, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe just the personal background. And then after that, I really want to get into how you discovered Virtual Reality Church. So, Yeah. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Zach. Um, I currently live in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, though. Uh, before I moved to a little town called Cleveland, Tennessee, to attend a school there called Lee University, is a, a Christian university um, where I got my minor in biblical studies in addition to uh, my degree. Um, and I've uh, been in most of my life been um, pretty involved in the church, um, especially in college. I did like a lot of youth ministry um, with uh, some of the churches there, and, and even after I graduated and uh, got married. Um, I have uh, an amazing wife and uh, two wonderful girls who are um, six and eight and uh, are a lot of fun. <laughs> That's a, those are really fun ages. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as how I stumbled across VR Church, I think um, you know I got I got the headset and I I don't remember how I found Alt Space, um, but Alt Space was the gateway for me. Um, I remember getting into Alt Space and seeing on the events page that there was like a church service that was happening, and I was like, "Oh, I I do church things. Hey, I'll check this out," <laughs> you know, like because I was just really curious more than anything. Like, what is this going to be like? And um, it was when we were back in the old church that was the uh, like the pyramid looking thing. I don't know if you if you remember, like there was like the white pyramid, and we yeah, had, like, the view I, oh, set out and all that stuff. I'm that glad was, you mentioned that, was, that. I'm going to bring up a story about that, but go ahead. Yeah, um, and so I checked that out, and then I saw that there were like some some small groups or group discussions l- later on, and so I remember joining one of those, and I remember um, some really interesting theology being discussed <laughs> in in the uh, in, in the group, and. Uh, you know, some of it was like, you know, as the new person, I didn't want to jump in and be like, well, actually, this is a better way to think about those. I just kind of like listened in. And then um, I remember I messaged you, DJ, and I said, hey, uh, you know, I, I came to the small group. I heard some sort of interesting theology. Do you need uh, help um, uh, or, or would you be open to help? Um, you know, here's kind of my background. And I think that immediately caused you to put the guards up. Because you were very much like, you, you know, you wanted uh, VR Church to be this thing that was open to those sorts of discussions. And I think I accidentally sort of portrayed myself as someone that was going to come in and be like, no, this is what, this is what your theology yeah, the needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I accidentally, uh, in my introduction, um, kind of came off as someone who was trying to gatekeep Christianity. Um, and I think we know now that that's, that's not the, I hope I've not been, yeah, been exactly, that person. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, but yeah, I remember you, uh, very cautiously, you know, being like, yeah, Hey, why don't you come and, and check it out and we'll have some discussions. And, uh, man, that feels like it was so long ago now, but also like, if you told me exactly how long it was, I wouldn't believe you. Yes. <laughs> it's been a while. It's now. crazy to think that VR church is like early VR church. And now we're like at a different era. It's weird in yeah. a good way, but yeah. So, uh, what was like, okay. Do you remember like the first church service you went to? Like, and it's hard for me even like year one, cause now we're like years away and mm-hmm. you know, like what was my thoughts? What was I feeling? We, we wrote some down, Carrie did, but do you recall maybe not your first service, but just your, those first interactions, what, what was your thoughts? Like, this is weird. You know, like 
it, we get this reaction where this is unbiblical. This is uh, were you kind of like evaluating? Did you come to a conclusion one way or the other early? Did it come like halfway through? Was it an evolving thing or what was? It was definitely a it, yeah. It was definitely an evolving thing for me because um, when I first came, I had no issues with like a virtual church. Um, I remember back in the day joining some of Life Church's services in Second Life like a bajillion years ago. Um, and, but I mean, really that was just, they're just streaming their live service and there was like a building that you could go right, into. Okay. And I think that's sort of what I was expecting when I got to VR church, but then it wasn't that. And so then I was really intrigued because I was like, this is, this is like a normal church. <laughs> like it, was, <laughs> yeah, right. it was really like, I, it, it wasn't, I, I guess I didn't realize that I had a preconceived notion of what it was going to be. Cause I was expecting it to be like the, the life church thing where you just go into this virtual environment and watch a stream of a pastor somewhere else. Um, but getting in there and being able to just like, just like I would at a normal church service, the ones I've, I've uh, gone to and volunteered with my whole life, just go walk up to somebody and strike up a conversation. And, um, and having a, a live pastor in that environment and that wasn't just some pre-recorded thing. Like it was, it was a really sort of mind opening thing for me when I realized, um, just, I guess how normal it actually is. And it was one of those things that I remember early on, it was really hard for me to tell people about because I'd be like, there's this church and it's all in VR. And they would kind of like roll. <laughs> and I realized they had like the same preconceived idea about it than yeah. I, that I did that I didn't even realize that I had. And I was like, no, you, you really have to experience, like, I can't, it's way more like your church than you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, like, yeah. Well, even uh, now you said back then I had a hard time telling people, but it's still, oh, <laughs> still, still true. today. You know, yeah. Have I think, time. I think uh, COVID in some ways broke down some of the barriers uh, that yeah, some folks true. had about the yep. notion of remotely connecting with people. Um, as, uh, in some ways, I think it made made them more open to the idea of it. Um, but I think that there's there's definitely a lot of people where those those um, preconceived notions and biases didn't change at all. Yeah. So this episode is is, uh, and we'll see what it's entitled <laughs> once we publish it. But the theologian, because you have a you have a uh, just a strong passion for theology and context and study and all those things. Um, and from that, did you? have issues that, oh, this is not like Life Church, who has a campus in Second Life. It's connected to a physical church. You come and you discover that this church stands alone in the metaverse, not connected denominationally or connected to a physical church. Did that kind of cross your mind at all? Or maybe it didn't? What was your thoughts about that? No, it didn't. It didn't bother me. But I think it's because I literally, like, I walked in the front door and experienced it before I had the chance to decide what my yeah, opinion was on point. it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah 100%. Like, uh, so just walking in and experience it and being like, oh, this is just, uh, you know, I, I keep using the word normal church. I don't really like that. But it's, it's the same as, like, a physical church. And I didn't have the chance to think about that beforehand to get sort of that preconceived idea. I was just sort of thrown into it. Uh, and so I adapted to the idea, you know, pretty, pretty easily. Um, I think where I, um, I, I, this might open up a whole other can of, can of worms. I think the only time theologically that I ever was like, Hmm, I wonder how I feel about this was with baptisms. Oh, but we've, yeah, had, VR we've had baptisms. conversations since then. Yeah. Like I've, I've, I had my own little journey there. Um, but I think that was the only time that I was like, Hmm, this feels a little strange to me. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, you know, after, after, a lot of uh, research and thoughtful consideration and prayer and stuff, you know, I've, I've got a very different stance on that now. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not on 
And I'm just thinking out loud here in the middle of this podcast. Um, it's not on the docket for season one to talk about baptisms, but maybe we need to add it add as a add it as a bonus episode. That's not a bad idea. Sorry, side thought there. Yeah, no, I'm gonna good. jot that note down in my brain. Um, so yeah, and um, what were some of the observations of conversations, relationships, connections? That's a criticism that VR yeah. Church receives a lot. Not as far as people observing us and then coming to a critical conclusion. It's just this assumption, this knee-jerk reaction that you can't have relationships, connections, you know, um, discipleship, if you will. Um, did you sense any of that early on? What are your thoughts about that now? Uh, well, I definitely, I, I, again, for me, because my first experience was immersion, right? Um, I didn't have the opportunity to have some of those preconceived notions and try to think like how I would feel about it before I was just sort of there. Um, but I've definitely, I've talked to a lot of folks and they, they'll say things like, you know, I'll talk to, I'll, they'll say, well, what does it look like in there? They're like, oh, well, everyone, they have these avatars and they're like, oh, you're not, you're not talking with real people, right? Like that's the, that's the sort of, um, pushback that we sometimes get from folks that don't understand what it's like to be in a VR church. But one of the things that I learned very quickly and that I always make sure that I express to those folks when I say that is you would be surprised how much more someone is willing to open up to you when they don't have to fear showing their like real face. Like that's a huge barrier for a lot of people, especially folks that have social anxiety. Right. And so it's really awesome to me that this space exists because it's a space that a lot of folks that would never set foot in a traditional church for a variety of reasons, whether they can't or they're scared or they just don't want to or whatever. Right. They can go there and I have had conversations that I think are even more uh, open than I have in person in churches. Uh, and I don't know if you remember this or not, DJ, but, you know, Ryan, who was my old pastor uh, from when I lived in Tennessee, when he first joined uh, VR to kind of take a tour of the, the church, there was someone else in that world that he just kind of randomly met who just wanted to see what the VR church oh, world was yeah, about. Yeah, I vaguely remember this. Yeah. And Ryan and he talked kind of up on like the summit that overlooked the church yeah. for like 20, 30 minutes. And, <laughs> and Ryan, I think, I mean, Ryan's a pretty open-minded guy, but I, I think even he was shocked at how he was able to build a connection hmm. so quickly with that person in a virtual space. Uh, and that's the, the trend that I see play out again and again, as people are shocked how quickly uh, they can they can build real genuine friendships and connections, even though that it's a virtual space and you don't technically see each other face to face. Yeah, I, and it, uh, Phantom from uh, VR Movement Church is one of our volunteers. He sent me this quote from Oscar Wilde: it "says Man is least himself when he talks in his own person. Give him a mask, and he will tell you the truth." And I thought that was a profound quote and something that we've discovered as a church in the metaverse. And I think you're exactly right. The people are just more free to open up in that setting. Um, and so there's kind of like a reverse engineering that needs to happen. Like, and I don't say this as a matter of like pride or arrogance, but like just to observe, not even just our church, but to observe the metaverse, metaverse churches see, wow, those interactions are authentic and deep and very unique. Let's bring that code, if you will, that into the physical churches. Let's get that back. Because I feel like, in a general sense, the physical church is the least place where you'd want to open up judgmentalism, um, ostracization, getting on a blacklist. You know, there's so many reasons. Um, and unfortunately, that's the state of things at the moment. So 
but yeah, that quote's pow- that quote's powerful, and I, I love that. Um, and maybe we'll bring you back on for the VR baptism because I th- you had some great thoughts. We've been chatting about that over the years, and um, it would be good to get your perspective on that. Yeah, sure. So you got VR. Um, you attended. Uh, you had the the benefit of immersion first, rather than maybe hearing about it in you know forming opinions. Your opinions were formed in real time that shaped and fashioned you. Um, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's that's when I'm. No, hearing. that's it. Yeah, yeah. And then um, so then you start to you know you reached out and then you started getting involved in volunteering. And um, I can't honestly like everything's kind of a blur sometimes. Like how did we get you into to the teaching team? What was the the progression where like, you know, you're one of our teaching pastors and people know you as pastor Zach. He teaches um, occasionally on a Sunday. Um, and some people really respond really like when you come, they're like, Oh, I like pastor Zach. He brings like historical perspectives like pastor Bismick um, and unique perspectives and context and all those things. Um, how did you, how do we get there? I think so. It's a little bit of a blur for me too. But I think it was around the time that you were working on your VR seminary project. And I remember joining that Discord and having conversations with you and Pastor mm, Alina right. yeah, I remember. And, and diving into some some deeper topics. And I think that is what I think those conversations are what built up the level of trust for you all to say, okay, Zach's not crazy and he's not gatekeeping. Uh, we can we can pull him in, in, into the family, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know exactly what was going through all of your head, your, your heads and or minds or whatever, but th- that's kind of what I think. Looking back on it uh, from my perspective, is I think it started with some of those types of conversations, and we built sort of that relationship in that way, and then that sort of transitioned from there. And I'd love to talk about because maybe there's uh, leaders uh, out there thinking about. Um, using avatar preaching. So right now, many churches to most churches stream uh, their their physical church service into the metaverse. And that's a great way to start, but not a great place to stay or to finish. Um, Avatar preaching is better than video preaching, even if you have a fantastic video preacher. And at the end of the day, it's better. And so you, you are an avatar preacher at the end of the day. And our church is blessed by it. People have such positive reaction to when you speak. What What are your thoughts about uh, preaching as an avatar? Was it weird at first? Uh, it can be a lot of distractions with, you know, people are not just sitting in a pew still looking up. There's movement. Uh, mm-hmm. There could be a troll or two. You're delivering a sermon in an immersive, like almost like a guided tour. Uh, yeah. what, are you, what are your thoughts about that? Well, for me, it wasn't a difficult transition because... <laughs> My experience in um, teaching or preaching or you know, whatever you want to call it prior to VR church was mostly in a youth uh, ministry environment. <laughs> and so uh, there's there's lots of crazy distractions and all of those sorts of things that sort of happen there as well. Um, I also, my home church for a while was um, was uh, Salvation Army. I don't, a lot of people don't know Salvation Army is a church. Um but Salvation Army, because of the nature of the other things that they do in their social programs, they attract a lot of people who are homeless or have issues with drugs, mental illness, those sorts of things. Um, I was at a service one morning and someone literally burst through the door in the back of the 
room where we were holding our service. I wasn't teaching. I was, uh, my friend Joel was teaching, but someone literally kicked in the door in the back and said, I had a dream. I'm going to be the president of the United States and I'm here to find followers so that I can go and champion Jesus's message <laughs> to the, like, oh, wow. And, yeah. And so <laughs> in a way VR was not a big transition for me because I was used to learning how to handle those sorts of uh, situations if they if they oh, should arise and, yeah and i'm a i'm a really adaptable person as well uh so you know if you know uh, it happens less nowadays right but alt space had some rough patches for a while mm-hmm. where you never knew before sunday service started whether or not it was gonna work <laughs> you know yeah, so, dude, i remember that yeah and Those so crazy weeks yeah, so um, one of the things that I think to, to VR Church's credit that has been so awesome is, and, and I guess this would happen in a real church too, it just looks a little different, is you know if something goes wrong, if you can't log in, if I can't log in, or some goofy thing happens, my mic's not working, other folks are there to step right in and take over and keep going. And there's sort of this shared understanding, partially because it's such a new technology, right? With everyone who is there, like, oh, that's fine. We're just going to keep going. Like, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone complain. Oh, this is too chaotic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody kind of just has this, well, we're in this together sort of mentality. And even when stuff goes wrong, there's still sort of this like beautiful togetherness that carries mm-hmm. us through regardless. Uh, and yeah. I, I just think that's awesome. Yeah, I remember those days of just rough uh, alt space buggy, you know, experiences. I almost forgot about that, but there were some rough t- rough days and rough Sundays trying to get it up and running. The world, the church world, would disappear. We'd be standing in the void. Um, and but yeah, that's now that I think about it, just kind of fond memories in one sense. So Alice has an interesting point. I saw her typing here about being connected uh, to an avatar preaching. Did you have? Do you want to share that thought with us, Alice? What do you What do you think about yeah. avatar preaching? So it's kind of like we're off topic now we kind of um descended from that but um when somebody is preaching in an avatar you feel like you're in the room with them and you feel connected to them you can have a personal conversation and whatever they're preaching is more personal and directed to you but when you're watching a video um when I'm watching a video I always feel kind of disconnected um like I can just get distracted not pay attention it's not personal to me it might not be relevant to me this person doesn't care about me they're just someone talking on a video <laughs> so, yeah and, yeah. And i i've i have that same thought um bj i remember a while ago there um you asked me to help and lead like a small group at one of the things that you were speaking at i don't remember which one it was um but it was talking about specifically like avatar church and i remember one of the pastors in this small group that I was facilitating was really excited to tell us about all the new VR equipment that they just bought for their church. And they were going to put it in the front row and someone could put their headset on and it would be like they were sitting in the church because they were going to like record the sermon and it would be this immersive thing. And I remember as politely and kindly as I could saying, please don't do that um, for, for that, for that very reason, because, you know, if you're just going to have a video streaming, and you're not going to have the other aspects of uh, the church community that we have, like right. being able to go up and talk to each other's avatars and stuff. You're basically just asking them to watch your YouTube stream, but to put on a fancy headset to do it. Um, yeah, and that and that's it's still isolating, right? Because you're not really yeah. talking with anybody. Now, it's a cool idea, 100%. by the way. I think that maybe yeah, it, it, as it a is side a- thing where 
yeah, I could go back and just watch the replay in a VR environment. But if, yeah, you're trying to cultivate community. And I think that's where churches are going to struggle from yeah. web two to web three to let go of web two systems that they've built over years and to create something new like avatar teaching in the metaverse. Well, I think even, even with, um, you know, physical churches sort of struggle with this idea too. Sometimes some physical churches straddle the line between entertainment and community. Right. And I think even physical churches don't understand sometimes the value of that community, right? If I if I wanted to experience a virtual concert, sure. Let me put on the headset. Let me be there. Let me like maybe you're going to do a big worship service or something, right? And I'm it's going to be a, a very personal thing between me and God. I'll put on the headset and I'll be immersed in that environment, right? But for my my day to day or week to week church family brother and sister interactions that's not the direction to go because I'm not going to be entertained and to just have stuff poured into me. I'm going to build relationships where we can iron, iron sharpens iron and we can pour into each other. And you can't do that if it's just a, a, you know, if the traffic's just one way, so to speak. Yeah. And, and for uh, church leaders listening, um, I started out with the first two church services or maybe, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe the first month or two, probably just the first month with video teaching because I just left physical church. Uh, We're going into church planning mode, physical church planning mode. And then we switched into metaverse later. But I remember trying to do video teaching because I didn't have time during the week. I was trying to make ends meet with a video production business, you know, Ubering, all that type of stuff. And it would only take me like two or three weeks in of video teaching to go, this isn't working. Um, And no offense to the video teachers. They're great, well-known teachers. It just didn't translate into the metaverse. It's like you're in the matrix, you're in inception, and you're not going to go into the matrix just to sit down and watch a screen, right? You want to experience something or you want to have a a tangible connection to the speaker. You want to experience a world build. And just to go and watch the screen is uh, lowering the expectation and experience of those that are citizens of the metaverse. It's a great place to start, man. Start there, stream your services, but you really got to start thinking about getting an avatar teaching. As a matter of fact, coldest uh, let me let me pick your brain here. Well, uh, let me go Zach and then Coldus uh, uh, preaching in Rust because we we're talking about VR church, but there's the whole MMO church side, and we'll have Pastor Coco in here to, and maybe we'll talk about her avatar preaching in Final Fantasy fourteen online. But also there's uh, preaching in Rust, which is a whole other beast. <laughs> you hear gunshots going on outside in that experience. Uh, Zach, what do you think? And then Coldus. Uh, lately, you've been teaching and you've been such a big help to me through COVID and from moving um, from Virginia to Texas. And you took up, you've been carrying, you've been tanking rust for us. Um, so let me pick your brain here in a second, but let's start with Zach about that. Yeah. Uh, so rust is interesting. Um, <laughs> rust is is a, a lot harder, I think, to 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 teach in for a variety of reasons. Um not the least of which is, you know, if you're, you know, if you're using something like alt space, it's you click a button and you're in the space, right? Um, Rust, unless you are regularly there, right? I always have to log in and okay, where's where where is the church right now? <laughs> like, let's you know, let's let's try to get there. <laughs> I gotta find it. Um, yeah, we gotta and, build uh, it, and then you gotta find it. Yeah, yeah you gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm super thankful for our build team that does that because I just don't have time in my life to to build, you know, the Rust church right now. Um, but yeah, it is. It is a lot more. I, I feel. I feel like I'm. I'm getting it a little better. Um, but yeah, the attention spans a little bit lower. I think for for the folks that are playing Rust, which is fine. 
Uh, we don't need to do like a, a you know a really long long thing. Um, and then yeah, it's it, it can be really distracting because you know we'll be in in our church having a service, and then like a raid will start nearby, or like zombies will start attacking, or you know any other yeah, number zombies, of ran, ran, random thing that can happen, or you know some of the things that made that difficult too is oh we're doing a server wipe on uh, Saturday night or whatever to <laughs> come in and you know yeah, they're always at, they're always on Saturdays. It feels like yeah yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a little bit, it's, it's been interesting and I, and I've enjoyed the, the new unique challenge. Uh, and I think that there is, uh, a lot to be gleaned from, I guess what we'll call like the, these sort of micro, um, I don't know what the term would be, but these sort of like micro services, um, where people can just, yeah. I love the idea. One of the, the visions that you've always had for VR church that I super respect DJ is don't wait for people to come to you, go to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's, that's such a common sense thing to share the gospel. Right. Uh, but so many churches don't do that. And what I love about rusty church is we're just going to drop in your game for a little bit and we're going to talk about Jesus and you can join us if you want. And there's not a big commitment and then we're going to be gone. <laughs> right. And yeah. and for people to just get a little, little tiny glimpse of the gospel in the middle of their zombie slaying. And, and that sounds ridiculous, but I think that that is when we think about the future of, uh, the church being in the metaverse, I think those kinds of interactions in some ways may become more common. And uh, I just think that's, that's an interesting thing to chew on. Yeah. the res- I think we'll dive deep into Rusty Church Coldest when we do your episode uh, with Mariana and you and really, really get into what Rust is. Um, it's a sur- survival game, ex- survival experience you can build. Um, but we'll, yeah, we don't, probably won't have time to go into all of it now, but um, just give us a little taste uh not so much about Rust, but teaching in Rust, Coldest. What what are your thoughts about that? Yes, uh, I feel like obviously the you know the, the the feeling of being in Rust rather than rather than being in our space or in VR chat, you know, it feels really different because you know for for starters, like Rust is a full on video game. Our space and VR chat are maybe. Uh, platforms to chat and all spaces more focused on hosting events and everything. Rust is just a full-on video game. And so, uh, you know, going in there and going into the global chat and going like, oh, we are going to start the service in like 15 minutes. Come join us if you want. That is like a pretty, to me, it's a super cool way to 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 get close to to just regular folks who are just gaming away on a Sunday. And, you know, usually, yes, yeah, as, as uh, Zach said, the, the attention span is uh, <laughs> more more small. But uh, that is super cool in a way because that kind of um, allow us to make something less serious and, mm. and shorter and, you know, more, uh, yeah, more laid back, I would say. Yeah. And that is super fun. Like, preaching in Rust is super fun. Yeah, you do a great job, and um, I think people really appreciate it. And we'll get into the story of Rust, how it got started, how it went viral for a moment, went crazy. We got kicked out of a PVE server. We mm-hmm. built our own. Then we switched. It's there's a long journey to it. Just we just weren't prepared for some of these things that have come, particular particularly through TikTok. But we'll get into that another time. Um, so Zach, now what? How do you view? You know, we talked about the origins, how you got into teaching. Uh, what do you think of VR Church now, or where do you think we're going? And I don't think 
I know the answer to that. I just want to pick your brain. As you see this landscape evolving, Web3, blockchain, VR church, virtual reality, metaverse, all that's happening. The good, the, there's good, there's bad, there's ugly, you know, there's all of it. Uh, and this is maybe we're just riffing. We're not necessarily looking for like established answers. What are you what are your thoughts about the future? What do you think? Yeah. Uh well, I don't know. I think uh so this is just me personally. Uh, I think a lot of the Web3 stuff, there's a lot of hype around, but I think that there are technologies in search of a problem, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes um, 100% sense. And so, you know, I think that, you know, I think there's value in like blockchain technologies and those sorts of things, but I don't think, I don't think anyone's really cracked where their real value is yet. Um, and as far as those sorts of things and how they relate to VR church, uh, you know, I, I don't know. That's an interesting, that's an interesting, um, thing to think through. Um, I really, there's a YouTuber, uh, Linus tech tips. He's got this, uh, huge channel where he talks about technology all the time. And one of the things that he talked about in, when, when they announced the new meta quest pro or whatever was we've known for years that Moore's law is slowing down. Um, we're actually reaching these theoretical limits. Like they can't make transistors any smaller or quantum physics breaks them and they don't work anymore, right? So we, we're we hitting this roadblock performance-wise and that's why lately we've seen technology, um, the growth of technology sort of slow down. And I think that for, for um church in the metaverse to really become something that is accepted as the norm, then I think we need to see a lot more devices at a lot more of an affordable price point. And I'm maybe a bit more pessimistic about when that point would be uh, because of some of the things that we've seen slowing, you know, and, and, you know, even meta increasing the price of the meta quest two uh, and then the pro coming out at such a huge price point, this is still very much considered for VR at least is still very much considered a luxury technology. And I, I would think that that needs to change for this to become more accessible overall. Uh, but that being said, there's a lot of other really interesting applications of the technology too, you know, for folks who have disabilities or social anxiety, other mental health disorders that would prevent them from going to a physical church that allows them to be plugged in and involved with us, right? And so I think in a lot of ways... No, not, I'm not directly answering the question. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm kind of dancing around a little bit. No, it's, I think, that's, we're just riffing here. Yeah, this is more yeah, of like, I think that just... the future of the church absolutely is in the metaverse. And I am really proud to be on a team like this where we are the pioneers in mm. that space, right? Um, and I, what I love the most about it, you know, when you look at alt space and we can do these world builds, these immersive environments right and it's not just let me tell you the story of jonah and the whale which i have pet peeves about that story like <laughs> uh, but yeah. um you know as far as like the sunday schoolization of it and missing the point but it's a good point here instead of just telling the story about jonah and the whale let's put you in this environment where you're in the whale's belly mm-hmm and you are thinking about what this experience might have been like for for jonah right that was- and that's that's the that's the stuff that I think that we're going to be able to crack with the church being mm, in the yeah. metaverse that right now, without having that immersive experiences, a lot of those things kind of go over folks' heads or they don't really think about the implications 
of some of the the things that we talk about in scripture. And that's where I'm most excited about the church in the metaverse yeah. and figuring out as a team how we crack that and create help create those immersive storytelling experiences for folks. It's funny you mentioned Jonah. I was just telling Alice on Sunday, I was like, Alice, I want to be, we're going to go finish the New Testament soon. And when we go to the Old Testament, when we get to Jonah, I was like, I want to be in the whale. And so uh, it's funny you mentioned that. It's, it's great. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, we're looking for a hardcore answer. We're just kind of thinking out loud. I think, you know, for me, I think there's multiple things that could, really could propel us forward. Um, one would be whatever Apple's doing. Uh, whatever they're doing is going to be good. If they can get it at a good price point, I think it's going to be very interesting. Also, I said this last episode, the dark horse of the inter- of the metaverse, I believe, is Rec Room. Uh, their ability to be across all platforms, VR, PC, console, smartphone, is a killer strategy. And I yeah. think they're they're one to watch. Definitely, it does yeah, look think- it does look gamey. Does look like maybe a. Uh, um, marketed for maybe just a younger age, but what's behind that is some solid tech. I mean, I'm not, I don't know code, but just I'm observing what they're doing and it seems so strong. And so that adoption, yeah, and- if it if it adopts like Roblox, you know, that's it's huge. Yeah. And that's the thing because when, when we see like what Meta is doing, they want to create the metaverse. They say they want to create the metaverse, but really they're creating their metaverse, right? Um, it's, it's, here's our hardware and you can use our experiences on our hardware. But when I think of the future of the metaverse, I see it going more in that direction, or I know Altspace isn't the greatest example of it, but lots right. of different types of hardware. Right. It's a very open system. And that's where I think the future of the metaverse is. And so I'm, I'm generally opposed to any closed system right off the bat. Right. The right. Of the yeah. And that's tough. Like Horizon's just the MetaQuest too. That's a tough, you know, thing. And maybe they'll open that up. Um, so yeah, anything, if, if Apple does something, Rec Room's a dark horse. And then I also have to have, have this belief that there's somebody out there like, um, I know Zuckerberg gets a lot of hate, but he created something from his dorm room that the establishment didn't. And yeah. so the establishment is trying to create the metaverse, but there also could be another Zuckerberg, another entrepreneur creating the, the next version of the metaverse. And that makes sense to me because I don't think the establishment can truly create the new i think the new has to come from the new so that's just a, a thought to chew on all right uh, the podcast is wrapping up but coldest and alice you have questions for pastor zach uh coldest you have something you wanted to ask him yes uh zach i wanted to ask um how did you meet vr charts how did you knew vr charts was a was an actual thing yeah i i literally I just stumbled into it i don't remember how i installed alt space I think I maybe just saw it on the like the app directory and and on Rift or the, on the Oculus app or something back in the day, um, but I just decided to check it out. I was looking for a social platform. I was like, I want to go in VR and hang out and meet people. Like that's what I wanted, right? And so I somehow found Alt Space in that process, uh, and then I just saw on the calendar, oh, there's church this Sunday. That's fascinating. I'm definitely gonna gonna check that. Out. So I literally just sort of stumbled into it. Um, which is interesting because I know we've had a lot of folks come in that way. And it was especially, we see it less now, but especially back then, I remember like the first Sunday after Christmas was always like twice the size <laughs> for our services because everybody got new headsets and was checking them out and kind of coming and, and checking us out and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I just kind of, I just kind of stumbled in um, as a consequence of downloading Altspace and, and seeing the event listed. Ah, that's super interesting. Um, Alice, what about you? So my question for you, which 
um, you knew at the beginning, Zach, was uh, can you tell me your testimony in around about a minute? Sum it up. Yeah, let me let me, let me try to get it real fast. Um, my testimony is someone who grew up in the in the church and always loved Jesus, but learned in college that it was important for me to make my faith my own instead of kind of just repeating things that had been said to me in the past. And in doing that, I went through this process where my theology was heavily challenged. It's My theology looks so different now than it did even when I was a teenager. And there have been times in my life where I have even doubted, like I, I've started to find myself doubting, God, are you there? But then I remember moments like, I'll just share this one really quickly. One night when I was in college, I was in my dorm. I was crying because I felt so lonely. It was a holiday, so most everybody else was gone from campus. And there was this guy who was coming through that everybody said he was like some kind of a prophet. And he was speaking in one of the lecture halls over the holiday. And so I'm like, I'll go check this guy out. And I remember sitting there the next day after I'd been crying the night before. And he looked up at me and he said, you. And I'm like, who, me? <laughs> you know, I'm literally the only person up in the corner of this lecture hall. And he said, come here. And I came down and he leaned in and he whispered into my ear. He's like, God saw you crying alone in your dorm last night. And he wants you to know that you're not alone, that he's with you. Right. Mm, wow. And so those moments that I've had in my life where I have, where I have those doubts come up, I also am so thankful to have those experiences to fall back on and know there's no possible way this random guy could have known that I was spent the night in my dorm room crying alone. Like that was a hundred percent a word from God. Right. So whenever I'm finding myself like doubting, like, God, are you even there? Like I have those experiences that I can rely on and know that, yeah, he is. And we can talk about theology and everything all day. And there's lots of different ways that we can go on that. But at, at the core of it all, I know he's real. Right. And, and, mm. and I know that I'm lucky to have that kind of an experience because a lot of people don't. Mm. So I love it. That's, that's my quick. So beautiful. Well, Pastor Zach, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And thank you so much for your leadership and teaching at VRMMO Church. And man, we're just getting started. And it's exciting to think about where we're going to be in the next five to 10 years. And um, it's going to be a fun ride, a cool journey. Uh, Coldest, Alice, thanks for hanging out with us today. We're going to be back next time uh, with episode three of The Future of the Church is the Metaverse podcast. And we have a special guest, Pastor Bismick, will be with us for that. Thanks, everybody, uh, for hanging out, and we'll catch you next time. A special thanks to our diamond sponsors, digivangelism.org and churchblock.io.